0: You're listening to Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks and co-host Angelia Savage. We seek to help you relate well so you can live well in all aspects of your life.
1: Welcome to Relate Well, it's Dr. Rick Marks, and you notice it is not Angelia saying that welcome like she always does because Angelia is out, and uh, so I decided I'm going to step in and not be Angelia but kind of step in and take that role. And I decided I was going to spend some time honoring and blessing military families since I am a 12-year Navy vet. loved love my time in the military. I served from 80 to 92 uh, under the Bush and Reagan administrations. I was a chaplain's assistant in the United States Navy and RP. And I actually served in the uh, surface Navy with the Desron and a small command called Fleet Religious Support Activity. And that then led me to the CBs, Construction Battalions, as well then as seven years with uh, the Marines and the Reserves, 14th Marines, which actually was a, uh, um, that unit went to the first Persian Gulf War. um, That was an artillery regiment. And so I loved my time with the military. And uh, sometimes I regret that I didn't spend the extra eight and retire, because I could have retired in 2000. But God, in his ways of doing things, said, nope, you have a a path. And uh, so I stuck with that path. So it is great to have you here listening in on another Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks. And I have sitting here in the studio with me, not just our wonderful two months married now, Colby, I believe it is. Is that right? Two months married.
2: Yeah, so I'm basically a marriage expert.
1: There you go. Now, real quickly, if we jump into our topic military families, Mm -hmm. what have you learned about marriage so far?
2: I mean, everyone's asking, like, oh, has it been so hard? It's, it's been incredible. Like, there hasn't been, obviously, like, with every relationship, there's ups and downs. But it has just been such a joy. I think because we dated for five years, it's such a breath of fresh air for us, too. The
1: friendship was strong.
2: The friendship was so strong. Um, it was a little difficult when we bought our first piece of furniture together. Uh, that was probably <laughs> the biggest hiccup. But we got some good cheers from Walmart. Uh, so like, what do you, <laughs> want that, that was the what do you know? Makeup. But it just feels like we worked so hard to get here, so we're just embracing it.
1: That's one, and uh, as you know, because you produce our show for us, mm-hmm. always live for us, right? Yeah. And find a way to find a way to find an agreement, if possible, right? Yeah,
3: exactly.
1: Well, congratulations on your mm-hmm. first years. I've been watching all of you, watching your life on, on the social media, please, and all that, and it's just so wonderful to see a young couple who understand the value of marriage, yeah, yeah. you know, but love love loving each other mm. and value that more than just winning arguments. So you're you're an inspiration, yeah. in my mind, to the next generation.
2: Well, you helped us with premarital. You totally helped us. You helped set us up for success. or gave us more tools in our tool belt yeah. to be successful. Well, thank you. Yeah.
1: I don't think I did much, but I oh, appreciate totally that. Did. It was actually a lot of fun for me to do that. Well. So, we know that Colby's here. She's listening in and guiding and directing me so I can be at least half as good as our dear co-host, Angelia, is. So, alrighty then. So, folks, I have a dear friend in the studio other than Colby. It is Jacqueline Hatcher, but I call her Jackie. And I will tell you, folks, I met her. Jackie, how long ago was it? That's got to have been, what, 2006 or something five or six somewhere way exactly. back then
3: yeah around way back
1: then uh, i had counseled someone who was a friend of hers and uh, jackie at that time was on staff at a large church here in town and um she was actually working on a master's degree in counseling weren't absolutely. you absolutely and this friend i think you had a class that required you going to interview somebody who was already in the field right and some this friend uh told you about me you called me up and being a former professor at a graduate school at uh, Regent University, I've, I love students, and I love helping students. So, folks, I, I, when I got that phone call from Jackie never met her before, I said, sure, come on over, you know. And I think I blocked out two hours of my time. You did. And, and I will tell you, folks, after just that two hours, I fell in love with this lady. I mean, didn't know her husband at all. Of course, she accused me of dumping her for her husband you know you did that I did. (laughs) so anyway i remember saying to her jackie what do you want to do with your degree when she's done and she told me and i said i would like to invite you and at the time folks i had these intensives that i do they were a group format and i invited her to bring her husband and go through that and i wanted that to be an investment in your future Mm -hmm. and that's when i met her husband eddie Mm -hmm. and um... And I would just say that started a friendship that has been a blessing for me all these years. Yeah, for me and, also. And we have kept it with each other. We we hang out with each other. We break bread together. It's just been a great friendship. And I've actually been honored that I've been able to invest in you and impart into you in your development. And folks, she's working on a doctorate. This will be Dr. Hatcher one day soon. So, uh, you know, uh, we get to honor and revere you for sure, you know. So anyways, Jackie is uh currently why don't you tell us what you do per- currently professionally and then give us a little sense of you know who you are um your heart and passion and then g- take us back to you and eddie how you got together how you
4: met and kind of bring us forward yeah so i will be forever grateful for dr Marks and his investment for those two hours that day it changed my life it gave me insight to to decide of the work that I do in therapy, um, that I would have never invested in without having sat with sitting with him and learning all the things that I learned from him. And so now what I do currently is I do marriage education, lots of marriage education. I do some counseling for individuals and couples. And the marriage education I do is at Chets Creek Church, where I am the marriage and family director there and uh I also work a lot with couples,
1: yes, you do. they actually we're one of the uh few churches, if not the only church in town, that actually has an ongoing and sustainable marriage support group happening regularly throughout the year almost weekly.
4: That is correct. We do reengage um every semester and we also do merge for premarital couples and several other um Different curriculums we use to encourage they actually couples.
1: use Relate Well, folks. We do use
4: Relate Well. They use well as, well as a matter of fact. We will be offering Relate Well in uh, the spring, the really? coming spring. We will offer Relate Well to couples who want to tune up. I know the author of that curriculum. I know him too, and I'm so grateful for him. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so that's what you do. Nar So take us back now, folks. Today we're going to be talking about military families because. Jackie, you are a retired military wife. Yes, I am. Right? Mm-hmm. U.S. Army, correct? hmm And Eddie was, uh, I think he retired Green Beret, Special he, Forces, right? He did, Special Forces. All yes. right, so take it back. Um, tell us, you know, how did you guys meet? What brought you together? You know, how did you come to know the Lord? Those kind of things.
4: Yeah, so I'm going to age myself here. About 40 years ago, I met the man. It was actually in high school, and uh, we met on a whim. It was no one I really talked to a lot, but he was interesting. We were very different, (laughs) very, very different. And at the time, uh, we were actually graduating. He went off to college. I went off to the University of Florida, and we kind of stayed in touch. And uh, we stayed in touch, and our first date, he actually took me to a baseball game an avid baseball fan and player and so he took me to one of his baseball games. I truly enjoyed it. Enjoyed hearing his story. He loved to communicate. And now, did I he, thought that did was he played baseball? He did play baseball. I did not yes, know that. He did. For college. He did. He what did. college was that? Um so he University uh not Miami. Anyway. Okay. So he did play baseball. He owned a scholarship. What do you and, know? I um, did not know that. Yeah, he did. Before going in the Army. Yes right. he did. Yes, he did. So he,
1: he he took you to one of his baseball games.
4: He did. He took me to a baseball game. That was our first date and he was he was dreamy. Because <laughs> he, he <laughs> would talk. A man that talks speaks his mind, talks about the future, is great visionary. So I thought that was very interesting. But I was still in college, had things I had planned. I planned to go on to law school. As a matter of fact, that's why I was so grateful to be at the University of Florida. Mm. But things changed. He decided to go in the military. He wanted a wife, and he said I should be his wife. As a matter of fact, he told me in the beginning of our dating season that he was going to marry me. Really <laughs> Which I thought was interesting also. man who knows what he wants.: Yes, he definitely knew what he wanted. And so we did. We did that. He, he promised I would get back into school, I would do some things, and I would complete my degree, which I have, in which I did. Um, so we did um, meet, get married. Um, now give us a time frame, when was this, What what year? about 1984 night that was the year we married yes
1: 1984, 1984. 1984
4: is when i
3: got married
1: we mm-hmm. were married the same year so 38 years of marriage yes. okay so
4: you get married yes we got married and a first duty station he's in the military first duty station we get to that's away, totally away from the family is drama greece I'm thinking to myself who does this takes a person that far away from their family and everything they know. So and.
1: Are, are, make sure I got it. So, are you saying that he
4: was he was stationed in Greece and you all had to stay back? No. It was an unaccompanied tour and he paid for me to go because we had recently married. We wanted oh, to be together. So, he actually made sure. Mm-hmm. Was, we, we had an earlier show with
1: a, a chaplain, Scott Schubert. where we talked about a lot of times the military, their unaccompanied tours. Absolutely. So, this is one of them. Mm hmm. But you, he paid to make sure that his wife was with you.
4: That's right. He what paid. a
1: commitment!
4: Yeah, he was truly committed. I was I'm totally 84, committed. Eighty-four. You aren't making that much money. He's enlisted person. He was making very little money, and he made sure that you were there. Yes, he did. He wow. Made sure that I was there, and so I take this flight to um, Drama Greece, where we meet, and immediately he shows me in the little apartment that he's gotten for us. The one bedroom is as big as a closet. But i was happy but immediately he got orders to leave and mm. so i'm in greece alone
1: wow and where does he go
4: he had to go off to germany or somewhere for a few months
1: so he gets no, a deployment once he gets to greece yes so you move to greece away from family and support you're mm-hmm. in greece because he wants you there mm-hmm. and then he is, ends up doing deployed
4: absolutely he gets deployed i'm there in greece alone and I began to learn a lot about myself. What was that like for you? It, it was hard. It was really scary. But because of my personality, I decided, well, you can't sit here and be afraid. You've got to get up and do something.
1: You're a shaker and a mover.
4: Uh, Well, yeah. I can't sit still. I can't sit and allow the earth come in on me. I've got to create something at this point. And I think he's expecting me to do what I also so. Kinda had some idea of what his expectations were of me. One of the reasons he actually married
1: me was because you had that 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 personality trait where you could, right. hey, if I need to survive, I will. I'll make it happen. Yes, interesting. So you're you're alone mm-hmm. because he goes on deployment. What? How did you how did you survive that? Because you, here you are, what twenty twenty
4: one exactly? Twenty one. And so what happens is. I grew up in a pretty big family, and we were connectors. We easily connect to people. We engage people. So that part wasn't scary. So the first thing I had to do was leave the apartment. I had to get food. I had to figure out how to purchase food, how to talk with people when I don't speak the language. I
1: was just thinking you don't know the language. <laughs> Absolutely. It's I? all Greek to me, right? That it was, that was all like... Greek
4: to me. <laughs> so I leave the apartment. The first thing I have to do is navigate the area. Now, one thing they did teach us when I did get to Greece was places you should not go, places that were not safe. And this was at a time frame that was pretty dangerous in, in the world, especially overseas. So there were a lot of do's and a lot of don'ts. And, but after leaving my apartment, I actually got connected to a uh, few people, went across the street to a nice little quaint restaurant, um, actually, did a little bit of clucking to ask for chicken, <laughs> and and as I would ask for things in a way that I knew how, they would teach me the language. It's a very mm-hmm. it was a very small community, so they were very engaging, very caring, and they actually taught me the language.
1: So they're actually helping you to mm-hmm. survive in their community. They did. That's a, that'd be rather uh, warm to know that they're inviting you in and helping you, kind of transition your life into being a part of them
4: absolutely they really did and it it was um very kind super sweet because at this time because it's uh an unaccompanied tour there were not any other wives there so i was literally in this country without another wife at the time and my husband they were working from a from a detachment it wasn't a full base it was just a small detachment and so there was nowhere to go on a base where I could hang so out.
1: The others were unaccompanied, and you were there. Yes. Alone. All right, we're going to come back to that. we got to take our break. This is Relate Well with Dr. Rick and our wonderful guest, uh, uh, Jackie Hatcher.
0: Healthy, loving relationships are essential for a happy life. On Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks and co-host Angelia Savage, you'll learn the principles for healthy, mature relationships. They share personal journeys, biblical and clinical insights that will challenge and inspire you to create fulfilling relationships in every aspect of life. Sundays at 5 p.m. on 97.1 The Truth and I ilovethetruth.com. When we relate well, we will live well. And to live well, we must relate well.
1: Welcome back to Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks. Angelia is off because she had some things she had to do. And so I'm trying to pinch hitting for her. We'll never be able to accomplish what she does because she is a master at keeping me straight. However, I've decided I'm going to fill in and we're doing a series on military families. And our great guest is my friend, Jackie Hatcher. She's talking about her life as a army wife for 20 years married to a green beret um her and her husband are both in ministry now uh they've been out for quite a while and i've asked her to speak to us about the challenges of military life from a spouse perspective so we just kind of wrapped up the first segment you're in greece you're alone you're by yourself Mm -hmm. and no one else is there so you're really in a place where you probably feel isolated
4: yes i did feel isolated in the beginning but as i said um engaging people i learned that you must make relationships you must create relationships around you you cannot stay alone but we were not made to be alone so creating relationships meant i had to go out to these stores i had to hang out in a community i had to begin to speak to other people and that worked for me um but there were other people who eventually came that it wasn't working for them because they were not as engaging or open to the idea of new relationships. So
1: it was very difficult. Okay, so um give us a sense then. He comes back from there, right? Mm-hmm. That's your first tour. And then what are the other when does he
4: go right into special forces? Or does that come later? No, that came later. Okay. Once we were no no longer in Greece and he came back and we got stationed in Fort Bragg.
1: And that's when he decides he wants what ranger and army ranger, I mean Green Brain, all of that.
4: Yeah, he wanted to jump out of planes and go to crazy places and do weird <laughs> stuff. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's told me a few stories that and i'm like man only only people like you would do those kinds of things you know yeah um that's the warrior i would say they're the sheepdogs of the sheepdogs mm-hmm. you know <laughs> very few men have that are that caliber of warrior right yes. to to fulfill those roles and pass the hurdles become those kinds of things mm-hmm. yeah, and yet yet if you if folks if you ever meet her husband eddie uh you'll meet one of the biggest loving teddy bears you'll yes. ever meet he's just a big old teddy bear uh, i remember when i first got to know him i said well eddie you could kill me and disappear nobody nobody ever knew it was you <laughs> and he said ah rick you ain't worth killing you know <laughs> oh <No, no. laughs> you know but he's he was one of the biggest teddy bear loves the lord yes. you both do absolutely. and faith has always been central to your your marriage yes. and your your basically your family absolutely okay so talk about a little bit what was it like when he goes when he decides, I'm going to go into special ops now, mm-hmm. he's going to go into special forces. Mm-hmm. Does,
4: is, it, is it a significant change for you rather than regular military? It is a very significant change, but not unlike what he had already experienced in the military, uh, being as though he was always deployed or going somewhere in all of his jobs. But at this time, it was the secretness that was... Um, different it was, okay. i didn't know things that i would know before i would have a whole list of exactly what he was going to do and when he would be back and now with special forces now i know anything i don't know anything what was
1: that like for you knowing that he's going somewhere he's going to disappear and you can't know anything
4: yeah that was the most difficult part of in, in our relationship way? uh in a way now i have no insight and i'm a person that has to have information Okay, I have a high need to be informed <laughs> and knowledge with, is power and it creates some, power. some level of security. Absolutely. So, right. I have no security. I have no clue. clue and then the, the concern of whether or not he would return, but he always made me a promise. he said, because of my faith, because I know God has allowed me to do this job. I will always come back to you. And he will always make that promise. And it would be like maybe two or three days before something happened. I knew it was happening because he wouldn't make me a promise like that before mm-hmm. he disappeared.
1: Interesting. So your your faith was instrumental to uh,
4: keeping yourself kind of centered, right? And plus his assurances. It was 100% what kept things together, our faith. You know, I never thought about it right now that – um listening to your, your your story
1: is that it would be dissimilar from this part of the army the regular army or, or military but the secretiveness yes. would increase anxiety and fear
4: yes it did yes it i would did.
1: i never thought about it that way because i was not my community and so um it would increase in- insecurity and fear because you're not
4: allowed to know yep couldn't know did not hear from them you you just you don't know. You'll look around the world and see where things were happening. And you would suppose possibly that's where they are.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, what kind of combat did he get into? Did did they have to, you know, was there hand to hand combat? Did they have to do things like that? All of that becomes unknown. Did you
4: did you notice a change in him over time from regular army to special forces? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There there were many changes that he experienced. One, um, special forces is a tight-knit group. You have to fit in. You have to be a part of that community in a way unlike the rest of the it's Army. It's a different kind of family. It's a different type of family. So he started by trying to fit in, and he recognized that I have to be who I am. And what it did, allow allowed people to come into his world instead of mm. him just going into the world that they were creating because he's a believer in Christ and that world has a lot of unbelievers in it also so he had to bring who he was to the table so he realized
1: in fact you're saying you, initially he's trying to conform to be accepted yes but what he found out was he finds his acceptance when he's just true to himself when he's true to himself interesting yeah I think yeah. that says a lot about life in general doesn't it, <laughs> it
3: you does.
1: know that we, we God has made us to be a certain way and live out of the fullness of who we are rather than Mm -hmm. try and conform. You think about just regular churches, people try and conform to adapt to that church culture, but in so doing, you know, um, you're losing who you are. Really, I think the heart of the church is to help you become the best
4: version of you that God has placed in you to be. I agree. Absolutely. The the best version of who you are, what you believe God is saying to you uh, about you. And when you come to know and understand that, you you bring so much to the table when you bring yourself. Because uh, he was able to draw a lot of people to Christ, just him being himself, him standing on the ground of what he believed was true, uh, never forcing, never pushing, never opening the Bible. It was the life he lived and the life he lived with his family because when he was home, he was home.
1: So he was emotionally present. Yes. Interesting because I've, I've met with people before, that um, w- wives in particular, that when their husbands decided to go into SEALs or force recon or those kind of things, they started conforming to the mindset of the group. And in so doing, it negatively affected the marriage. Because now they had to be gung-ho, you know, rah, whatever, but that also then began to affect the marriage in a very negative way because now you're not being you anymore. You're conforming to the group, and I'm... In a sense, I'm losing the husband that I've always known. Yeah. And exactly. what I'm hearing you saying, that didn't happen to you.
4: No, he, it, it started that way. He tried at first. Okay. And we struggled with that. And the day he decided, I have to be me, I can only give the world who I am. And once he made that decision, everything changed and we didn't have a struggle at all. It was We were walking by faith in this. He was going to go and do what the army had called him to do. And he was going to come home to us.
1: Interesting. I think that's really, we could take that principle and just apply that across the board. I think, you know, God is teaching us through your story here, um, Jackie, is that, you know, God has called all of us and put in all of us a way of being, right? He's calling out of us the best version of Jackie, the best version of Rick, the best version of a Colby, right? And so we have to position our hearts to humility to let that best version kind of emerge, rather than try and conform to be something that we're not. Okay. I would agree. And, I, I, you know, that is a great way, place right there, I think, to kind of uh, close out this segment. And when, I come, when we come back, I want to talk to you about, all right, what were the challenges that you felt or experienced in those 20 years? What are the challenges that you experienced as a spouse and as a, as a mom on the family from military life? This is Rick And Dr. Rick with Relate Well. See you in a little bit.
0: A healthy, nurtured relationship is key in making your life whole. Yet for most, that perfect relationship is elusive. In Relationships for Life, marriage and family counselor and acclaimed speaker, Dr. Rick Marks, offers proven principles and skills for caring and mature relationships. Dr. Rick shares personal experiences from growing up in a broken home and how vulnerability led to healing in his own life. The book is a unique perspective packed with faith-based and clinical insights for making a relationship work. Relationships for Life is for anyone who wants to create and maintain healthy relations in every aspect of life. Available as a digital download in hardback and paperback on Amazon and in the Web Store at DrRickMarks.com.
1: Welcome back to Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks. We are here with Jackie Hatcher. Uh, a wonderful lady, a wonderful wife and mom. Uh, She's been a dear friend of me for, gosh, we met back in 2005 or six when you were uh, just a graduate student. Right. And uh, then I met your husband, who was retired Green Beret at the time, and being a vet and him being a vet, he and I just hit it off. But I love both of them. They're equally they're equal great friends to me. And yet we're talking to her because we're doing a series on the military family. And so – you know, Jackie, you've led us already to kind of your journey and, and um, what it was like for you. One of the things I really find fascinating is that Eddie decided to be himself and that he didn't conform to the uniform or the Green Beret. And then so doing changing who he was, which would negatively affect the marriage, that he was wise enough to say, look, I can be a Green Beret and be true to myself. Yeah, that is right. You know that right there is, I think, as a lesson every one of us can learn. You know, because I can think about when I was m- in going into ministry, particularly as a Christian counselor. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I let that identity get away of being who I was.
4: Yeah, I think we all have that experience. And watch my watching my husband go through the different uh, aspects of military life actually helped me to be a better me, you know, to learn how to put myself out there instead of trying to create a a piece to fit into whatever organization or whatever I was doing at the time. Because he remained true to himself throughout his military experience.
1: Interesting. You know, I grew up in a broken home, and I I never learned to be myself. I was never allowed to be myself. So I had to learn it, you know, as an adult. And yet, you know, it sounds like he was raised in a healthy enough home where he learned to be himself. Yes. And recognize. Wait a minute! I need to stay true to me.
4: Yeah, that was a good thing about him too. He was raised in a healthy enough home. Yeah, to actually experience you know, yeah. knowing that he was good enough.
1: All right. Well, let's kind of take a shift here. Oh, this 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 time right now. And what would you, what would you say? What are some of the experiences or the challenges, even the positives, mm-hmm. of being a military family,
4: from your experience? What was it like? So the greatest challenge is when, once we had kids, we only had one kid at a time, because the two kids I do have, they are 10 years apart. So we've got this son, and I'm thinking, Lord, you're going into special forces, and I am raising this son. I'm okay with you leaving me. I get that. I can handle that. It works for me. It's not a problem. But now you're leaving a son behind with a mom. Mm. And that was one of the scariest things i experienced and what was the fear around that for you the fear was you know he how much he would miss his dad ah, okay. and can i give him what he needs while, while give him what he needs while dad is gone i was very unsure of myself on being able to meet his need in a way that would be help him in the future help him to be the man that he needed to be when dad is gone i think that so, You have to be a mom and a dad you know, no i don't think that's possible but i i tried to do the best i could as a mom and give him insight to his dad who that? okay
1: so the biggest the big fear was hey it's okay if i'm i'm we're just husband and wife and he leaves he's just mm-hmm. leaving me now he's leaving the family yes now he's away and how much of this is going to affect our son not having a dad around exactly i think a lot of i'm thinking a lot of military spouses would feel the same way mm-hmm. you know um Okay, so that was a big challenge for you. Yeah, what it was, was some it was other one
4: challenge? Um the uh, other challenge was just when he came home um trying to fit him back into the family system. So so I have we have a son and I am showing him things this way and now he comes back into the family system we have time frames where we have to be You know, baseball games, soccer, all of this. Now, how do we fit him back in and let him know he's important to us? So it took a lot of communication in order for him to come back home, him to take off the cares of whatever he's experienced over whatever time frame he experienced it, and to actually be present with us and want to be a part of our world, because our world was completely different. For him, it was problem, might have been even boring. Because it was just a routine every day: go to school, go to practice, here's dinner, and life was simple for us.
1: And he's in a high functioning, high functioning. completely changing world. Don't know what he's doing out there, but you know we can assume it's not drudgery, exactly. right? Exactly. At times for him, and plus a lot of drilling around it. Yeah, I would think. You know, and whatever he does out there.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when he comes back, you said that you had to incorporate him back into the family yes now that's interesting language Mm -hmm. but i think that's important language Mm -hmm. because someone said well he's a part of the family he's not there Mm -hmm. and and that may be true in one sense but what you're really saying correct me if i'm wrong now jackie is that oh yeah he's a part of the family because he's my husband but let's be honest in a practical sense he's not here so now we have this person stepping back into the routine
4: Mm -hmm. that is absolutely correct Here's okay. a person who's not there, who's not available in any way, no shape, form, or fashion, not even phone calls, and then six months, a year, this person shows back up. We have to re-engage each other, we have to reconnect, we have to find a way to get back on page, um, not only as a husband, but also as a father, uh, in this whole, in the community also. Um, connecting with people we've been uh, around, You know, people in the neighborhood, on on the baseball team so it was a lot to get him re-engaged with other people that did not wear the uniform
1: now did you did you as a family did you choose to live within the military community like
4: on base or did you live we did for a season but we moved um away from the base um because he said when he when he comes home he wants to actually be home and not feel, feel like he needs to go do something on base go back to the office and do all those things so we moved away, moved way out in the country in Fort Bragg and uh, Fayetteville. And um, it was really nice. And so when he came home, he was home. So he learned to do things like mow the yard and work on his yard. He is the most immaculate yard you've ever seen. And that's how he engaged himself back. He, would, he could think he could actually begin to function again uh, as a family man and not a soldier after he would go and do his yard and, kind of put whatever it is in his mind into his yard. When he came back in the house, he was engaging and he was connected and he wanted to be a part of whatever else that was going on. So
1: let's give our listeners some insight, because I'm sure there's some who are living on base and some Mm -hmm. who are living off base. Mm -hmm. From your experience, what were the pros and cons by living
4: within the community and then outside the community? Yeah. So when we were younger, I think it was important to be on the base because you connected with the people on the base. You had to learn the systems of the military, um, MWR. You you needed to connect to the systems and the things that was there and afforded to you and be close to it so you would not feel like an outsider or alone. But after we had grown and I was older, I've got this kid, um, so I wanted to experience life outside of the base. And he needed the experience to be away from the base. So, I knew how to go on and get my needs met, and plus, I worked on a base also. I worked in a military hospital uh, for ten years, so it was uh, also for me to be away and be able to go on and actually leave it because I needed to learn to live out here among other civilians also.
1: interesting, My wife was only a uh, military wife for about six months and um, and then I went into reserves. But the only thing I can relate it to is when we were in seminary those seven years, we lived in seminary housing. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a bubble, mm-hmm. As, you know, Chaplin Scott shared in one of our segments, that's this little bubble. Seminary was a bubble. Mm-hmm. And my wife likes bubbles. And I realized when we leave here, we won't be in a bubble anymore. Mm-hmm. So I told her, we're going to go rent a house away from Student Village and out into Fort Worth. So we have to get out of the bubble so that we can make an easier transition I'll be graduating in a year and a year and a half from my doctorate. Mm-hmm. We need to make a transition. And I was wise enough to know if I don't get her out of the bubble, it'll be harder for her because she's less flexible than, you know, you know, Dr. Rick is over here. Mm-hmm. I can move furniture around every six months and be happy. Yeah, You know, once it's set, don't touch it and leave it alone. Don't move the furniture, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And so I, I really get a sense. So there's the positives of being on the base. I'm assuming also being on the base that you're, you're around community. So you're in your greater a greater support system.
4: Absolutely. Everything's there and available to you. Um, there was nothing missing on Fort Bragg. Uh, neither When we were stationed in Germany, everything was there. We lived on a the base there. Like If we were overseas, we would stay on the base. But if we were stateside, we would not live on a base. Um, being stationed in Germany, the school, everything, it was just such a beautiful community. It was so much fun. It was almost as if you hadn't left the states when you lived on base and you had everything around you. Uh, especially overseas, so it's according to where you are and what's happening. It makes me wonder if if
1: a person spends a, a lot of their most of their career living within the military system, on base housing, et cetera, et cetera, would it be more difficult of a transition then to retire and then go into a civilian world where you've always been around the bubble? Now you're out of the bubble after twenty twenty plus years.
4: Yeah, I would think that would be much more difficult because. Our transition was difficult on our son. Or when we moved out into the country, he cried because he saw the cornfields and things, and he was used to the base and being around that type of school system. So, yeah, the transition is, you know, it could be serious for some people. So, yes, if you remain in the bubble, it's such a special bubble because it feels so protective, it feels safe and honoring, and people around you are kind because you're trying to support each other. And he moved to the civilian side, and it's not the same. It's absolutely nowhere near being on a military base
1: yeah and then years later he grows up and joins the military as well and becomes yeah. a, kind of a special part of it with the divers and
4: absolutely kind of dad's
1: yeah yeah he becomes <laughs> you know not so much a green beret but he takes a special special place you know it's very particular yeah. like daddy did so he, he kind of followed that path yes he did and he's a fine young man that is for sure <laughs> yes that he is, is. A, he's a fine young man mm-hmm. so what was it like for you then as a spouse being a I hate to say it this way, and you can speak to it. um, Almost
4: like a lot of time out of the year, you're a single mom. Absolutely. I was a single mom a lot. I was a single mom, and I was married without a spouse for most of the 20 years, actually, for those 20 years. That's why we're so connected now, and people don't understand that, why we're so connected. But I tell people, 20 years, we were disconnected. We did not have uh, a real connection because we didn't know where it was going to go. You know, we didn't know when he had to go and when he was going to be there. So we did what we could in the time that he was there. So we were emotionally connected. But I had no sense of him when he was gone because we were in the military at the time. There was no cell phones. There wasn't any videos and all of that. So truly, when he was away. Right, no social media. So when I was alone, I was truly alone from him and he from me.
1: In what ways? Now, of course, it's different than, let's say, a sailor on a ship. You're, 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 there's no secrecy, right? there right. You're just right. you're at sea, right? Where you are, you don't know where he's at. I'm assuming where in the world he's going. You're not letting know where he's doing, what he's doing, how long exactly. he's going to be wherever he is, et cetera, et cetera. So everything's a secret, even his location.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: How did you guys communicate during those
4: times? Not while he was in. Okay. Um. Now, since once he retired. We've had, you know, all kinds of conversations over things that happened, good and bad. Um, while he was in, when he came back, the last thing he wanted to talk about was what was going on, which most of the time he couldn't. Anyway, so, but we talked a lot about who we wanted to be in the future. So we were always gauging who we wanted to be, where do we want to go, how do we want to live. So we always um, spent a lot of time communicating about the future interesting as i'm sitting here at colby
1: listening to this i was thinking of you in this moment because you guys have such a strong friendship they had a strong mm-hmm. friendship that allowed them to be where they are but you 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 just said something i never really thought about it's that we talked about who we wanted to be and how we wanted to be mm. rather than what we've lost and what what has been taken from us you're talking about what can be and what is a possibility, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking, you know, here you are married two months, mm-hmm. you know. I think we can learn from Jackie Colby that you know maybe the greater way is not not we're going to deny problems or or negate mm-hmm. problems, but I'll always be thinking about what can be, what's mm-hmm. the possibility, you know. You, you, you know, your guys in, in in school right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's it going to be like down the road? What can mm-hmm. we create?
2: Yeah, one I. My prayer recently is, first of all, I've noticed myself saying, oh, well, one day we'll have that one day, which is great. But my prayers lately has been like, all right, Lord, help me to not say one day anymore, but like be really present right now, because like my big thing is, okay, one day we'll have benches at our kitchen table instead of these regular chairs. But benches are really expensive, and so Michael says, "Okay, well, one day I promise you that." And so we like dream of the future, but we're also trying to be very present and appreciative right now and right here because this is an awesome season.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're doing what what she's talking about. Is we're dreaming about, and we're is excited? Is don't lose the dreams, the wishes, or hopes, mm-hmm. which you yeah. know, and we relate well. We talk about uh, right. the daily touch point. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the things in touch point is what are your wish and hope for? Mm-hmm. We need to have our wishes. We need to have our dreams. You know. It's okay to be thinking beyond where we are to what can be, what we can have, yeah. those kind of things. And so I think we're learning, you know, uh, from Jackie, uh, our listeners, is that I think one of the ways you're sharing with us, Jackie, that you can make it through, make it through the challenges of life when you're able to stay centered, like Kobe talked about, accept where you are, but have hopes, have dreams. Yes. What can we create together? What can we be together? And be able to see that in the future as well.
4: Yeah. We, we live pretty present. But mostly, I would say, we lived our lives on where we're going and what we'll be. Uh, when you have a plan have the path forward. Yeah. When you have kids, you, you really, really have to look out here. What is this going to look like? Where do I want them to grow up? How do I want them to get a sense of this military world, who we are when we become civilians? That was a lot um, of the thinking, too, because 10 years in, of course, I have my daughter, and now he's closer to retirement. And Mm. life is getting ready to change a whole lot. And so we have to think, where are we going? Who are we? And and we do a lot of conversation about who we are, you know, what do do we represent and where do we want to be so we can represent that well? Well, I'm going to jump in right there and Mm -hmm. say where we want to be
1: is stopping for our break. We're going to come back and wrap up our last segment and continue this conversation. This is Dr. Rick with RelateWell.
0: To have and to hold from this day forward. Your wedding day was the biggest commitment of your life. Relationships change over time. Needs go unmet. Communication breaks down. And half of all marriages end in divorce. If till death do us part has become a challenge, then it's time to reconcile and reconnect. In his 1 to 3 day marriage intensives, Dr. Rick Marks coaches couples in distress back to their love and hope for a future together. Dr. Rick's intensives is not traditional therapy. Marriage intensives give couples the skills for communication, problem solving, emotional regulation, as well as the skills for healthy bonding and much more. Intensives empower couples to create the marriage they desire with Dr. Rick's Relate Well Principles and Tools, keeping couples out of the divorce graveyard.
1: I realized many years ago with the team that I work with that if we could teach people those skills for bonding and, and reattachment and communication and, and problem solving and, and emotional regulation and much more, it gives you the hope again which can lead to the goodness and the love and the feelings and the intimacy so that you win. Your us your marriage
0: wins, and your kids win. 87% of the couples who participated in Dr. Rick's marriage intensives reconnected their love for each other and remained married.
1: If you want to take the opportunity, you have the will to do it, you want to do it, and you want to save it, we'll show you how.
0: Intensives are cheaper than a divorce and much more meaningful. Save your marriage, reconnect your love, save a generation, and secure your future. For more information, visit DrRickMarks.com or call 904-724-8683. Welcome back to
1: Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks. And we have uh, a wonderful friend of mine and colleague, uh, Jackie Hatcher. And Jackie, we are learning from your life as a really a military spouse. Because you know one thing that is true about military families as opposed to civilian families, in a military family, everybody serves. You're serving. Your kids are serving. Whether we like it or not, everybody's serving because everybody right. moves. The military even directs your life. Yes, it, the rules of the military direct family life, which is not true in civilian sectors. Mm-hmm. So, in a military family, everybody serves and everybody deals with the system of the military because it affects the families, right? Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of times, spouses have to put their careers on hold, some of their hopes and dreams on hold mm-hmm. for themselves. Because of the the nature of the beast, you know, Chaplain Scott talked about, you know, the military, it's the mission. Mm -hmm. It's really the mission, and I get that. I was a military man 12 years, I understand it, I respect it. Yet, when we think about the the effect on the family, what would you say, if you were to share with a group of moms, military wives, all right, with kids, so this last segment, what would you want them to know to make sure their families are healthy and strong? What would you want them to know?
4: It, so the first thing I would want them to know is get a sense of who you are. You mm. need a great sense of self. I, I found myself years into the marriage um, living out my life just based on his dreams. Ah, and okay. uh, I became frustrated. I, I noticed my frustrations and um, push back on a lot of things that I wouldn't have pushed back on. Before, and I had to come to a conclusion, because you don't have your own dreams of vision for yourself personally. Everything is based on what he's going to do in the military, where he wants to be, how he wants to be. And I had to develop a sense of self. So that's when I started going back to school. Are you saying that
1: the military can actually, if we allow it, can become the vision and dream? It is the vision and dream. It is the vision and dream. It is,
4: absolutely. And yet in the midst of that, you're saying we still have to be ourselves. We still have to be ourselves. So we're in the military. He's totally focused on that. We're dreaming about the future, but the dream doesn't include what I'm actually dreaming. I didn't know that that should be involved in it too. But what am I dreaming? Who do I want to be when I grow up? So it's almost like,
1: so here's what I'm hearing. Eddie came to a place, if I want to be the best version of myself as a Green Beret, then I've got to be true to myself. Mm Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is, even though I'm a, I'm a military mom and wife, and I'm in the military as well, because you are. Right. I
4: have to do the same thing in any society. I have to do the same thing. And oftentimes, wives forget that part. We get so focused on our responsibility, to children, family, keeping this home, so he has somewhere great to come back home to, that we forget a sense of who we are as a person. We're in a church. We're serving. We're loving God. But we forget who are we as people. And we give up that dream and give up that vision And I began to gain that back by just going to school, getting interested in things that were beyond me. Uh, My first degree is in finance. okay. (laughs) And so I go back to school, I start to study psychology and different things like that and realize I like this, I could do this, I love the brain. So I got a great sense of self in that moment. So what I bought to him was a healthier Jackie. Now I've got such a good sense of me that I'm not coming to the table looking at him like what about me? I bought him who I was
1: in the word us is the letter you You. and the healthier you are and more mature you are the more whole you are the healthier us can be.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're learning something that, yeah, it's important for the service member yes. to be bring, be honest who they are. Mm-hmm. But you're saying, Hey ladies uh, or spouses, you need to be the best version of yourself as well.
4: Absolutely. Right?
1: They both come together. What else would you say to military spouses?
4: When it is difficult, when it is most difficult, and there were many times it was very difficult, you need to be surrounded by people who care about you. And that's not always your family of origin. Oftentimes you're in a place where it has to be friends and neighbors. And the church was my biggest source of connection. You know, Mm. I just had friends and other wives that we were serving together. And that was my source in telling the truth about what was happening in my heart in a moment.
1: Yeah, the psalmist says he puts the lonely in families. Mm. And and I always say there's you know different kinds of families. Marriage is a family, family is a family, but church is a family. Mm-hmm. Green Beret is a family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe the family, it, we don't have my biological family, or some people like me grew up in broken mm-hmm. homes where you don't really have a healthy biological nuclear family. So you mm-hmm. you got to find, create family in other ways, right, mm-hmm. in those communities.
4: Absolutely.
1: So you're saying make sure that you have a connection outside of yourself to a community Mm
4: -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah we had this awesome older couple when we were stationed in germany loretta thomas and her husband and um they were our home away from home when things were beyond my ability or beyond his ability to handle we had them that we could actually speak truth and receive truth and watch them live their lives and so we had something to gain from that we were not alone never be alone is one of the things i would say also Do not think you can do the military life alone.
1: I was thinking when I got stationed in Jacksonville, Florida, in 1980, I I attended a church and my Sunday school teacher, Marshall, and his wife, Clea, um, they they gave me a family away from my family. Mm -hmm. And matter of fact, Marshall and I had lunch this past Monday. And that was, well, that was 1981 when I met him. And he has been like the big brother I've never had and love him dearly to this day. Um, and he was such a, it still is a very influential part of my life. And I say a lot of reason I am today is cause you know, here's this man and his wife who for whatever reason took this broken young sailor in, yeah. you know, a lot of issues and chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. and loved him unconditionally. And you know, like he says, I look at the man you are today and know that I got to have a small part in who you became. And I say, yeah, a large part in it, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. What else would you want these ladies to know, the spouses to know?
4: That there is a life after this. There Mm. is a life after the military, and so the focus has to be on the future because you want to be the the best you can be as a couple, but also the best you can be as a family outside of the military life. If you only focus on the military life, you will lose a sense of there's a life after this.
1: Where, did you find it a difficult transition from military
4: to civilian life, like a lot of people report? Individually, no. But as a family, yes. In what way? Because the children were used to a military community, military ideas. Things happen like this. It's totally different in the civilian world. Things doesn't ha- don't happen like that. People don't make things happen the way they make things happen in the military. Yes. Yeah. So it was difficult, and it was definitely difficult for my husband because – Now he doesn't have that group of men who are just doing a thing all the time. And now it's just as simple. At first, he really lived retired, just fishing and things like that. Seemed a little bored with that. And he went to civilian work, and it was different. There was no got to be done, must be done. (laughs) It was so laid back. It was just really, really difficult, and particularly
1: in the environment he's in, because yeah. it, we're talking alpha males, right?
4: Yes, yes.
1: Alpha males who make decisions don't yes. don't sit around and ponder. Hey, you need a bridge? We'll build. We'll build the bridge, right? Build a bridge. Don't, don't talk right about
4: bridge. Build the bridge. bridge. Build a bridge. I don't care. We don't have pieces. We're gonna make the bridge happen. Exactly right. Now.
1: right. Yeah, he <laughs> had to, he had to kind of give up some of that part yeah, of himself in a absolutely. sense of that structure. Absolutely. Well, he made a great transition that you he know if you. Maybe one day we'll have uh, uh, Eddie come on and talk about what it was like from he, his perspective yes. being a husband and a father, leaving quite a bit, doing what he did, mm-hmm. and what was it like for him out there doing whatever he was doing, though it was in secret. Mm-hmm. We don't even know what his stories are, but what was it like for him to be in that role as a husband and father and looking back at what he was doing to his family mm-hmm. by, based on his mission and his calling, you know, uh, in the military, so um that's interesting you know i've got some i found some data or things you know one of the things talk about you know worry or concern or panic was that something that was a part of your journey mm-hmm.
4: yes so worry was okay it's been 18 hours he isn't home that means he's gone right and then there was a certain bag but once it leaves the house that means he's he's gone for real somewhere in the world and so immediately that that was panic
1: all right so i need to pack up you said 18 hours he's not home he's gone so he never told you he was leaving no he would just pack up and go right now i did not know that that's very different we're in military navy hey uh our ship leaves on this day at sea you know come down see it see us off you're saying that you would come home and you see notice a bag gone and you know he's gone yeah and there is no advance warning mm-hmm now that had to be a real challenge,
4: right?
1: That had to be a real challenge.
4: That was a real challenge.
1: I I real could not imagine what that would be like. Mm-hmm. Only assume.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I can mean, I imagine, but I won't say I know. Mm-hmm. That would be diffi- difficult. Sounds like you had to make a lot of new friends and learn a lot of new skills for yourself as well along
4: mm-hmm. the way. I did. My, I had a great mom. She was uh, easy for her to make friends and. She kept a group, you know, of people around who just, you know, were loving and kind. And I saw how she did it. She was always engaging. And, and I learned a lot from her to actually learn to go out and do the same thing. So know?
1: we're gonna have to wrap up our time. And I thank you so much for being here. So I would say this if there is one 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 thing based on your life that you would say to military families and particularly spouses, the one biggest principle you learn that help you make it through and become the best version of you as well, your family, what would that be?
4: Uh, it would be stay strong. Find those things that make you the best you and stay strong in that. Hold, be steadfast. Be steadfast and don't veer off of what you believe is true, what you want to see happen it, and, because it will happen.
1: Yeah. And for you, I know you talked about, you know, how you got and got, you got very much involved in church your for is right. crucial. Right. And I'm assuming your faith and your church families are staying ease, steadfast ease to my to faith,
4: staying steadfast to what I believe God had called us to be and to do hold fast to it. I think that's a great
1: message for all of us as we kind of wrap up our time here it is, you know, Jackie, you're really calling us to be the best version of ourselves, you know, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Scripture says, you know, He knew us and formed us and fashioned us before we were, and He knows our thoughts from afar. He created all of us unique, so much so that, not, you know, we all have a different fingerprint. That's mm-hmm. how unique we really are. Mm-hmm. What if we chose to live our uniqueness and try and conform to some other, with some groups that you're supposed to be, in so doing, you'll find you as the person that God wants you to be. So you live the life to the fullest, the abundant life, if you will. Mm-hmm. You can live the abundant life hard out rather than try and conform to something that you're never meant to be Well, you won't find the abundant life and all of that this is dr rick thank you for joining us
0: and if you would like to learn to lead a life through uh, the all four protectors and all of your relationships and learn how to develop the tools that create us and your marriage us and your family or even us in the workplace then register for the online Relate Well Core program. All you have to do is register for the Relate Well as a single or a couple. And online today, you can register at relatewell.us. That's relatewell.us. And if you're looking for private relationship counseling or life coaching from Dr. Rick, then call 904-724-8683. That's 904 904- 724 724-8683. And this has been another informative show from Relate Well with Dr. Rick Marks to help you live your best life. And remember, until next week, relate well to live well. We want to invite you to visit relatewell.us. Whether you're single or a couple, come learn what a healthy relationship looks like and then Put it into practice for relationship counseling. Contact Dr. Rick at relatewell.us.
3: God of creation, they're at the start before the beginning of time, with no point of reference. Spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life And as you speak A hundred billion galaxies are born In the vapor of your breath the planets form and if the stars were made to worship so light, God of your promise, you don't speak in vain, no syllable empty or For once you were spoiled. All nature and follow the sound of your voice Ooh. And as you speak A hundred billion creatures catch your breath Evolving in pursuit of what you still obeys You, so will I. if the stars are made to worship, so will I. if the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. and if the oceans roar Your greatness, so will